Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 162, Give It Your Best Shot. It's December 15th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. My music is by Howie Moscovich. Give it your best shot. I love this idea. I love this topic. Before I dive in, please visit my website to enter my giveaway. Prizes won't be shipped until 2024, nor will the winners be picked till 2024 because of my car accident. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. That should be clear. I'm not a therapist. This is not medical advice or therapy advice. If you know anyone who is in the deaf or hard of hearing community, I would love it, and probably they would too, if you let them know I have transcripts for all of my podcasts on rss.com, which is my hosting platform. Sometime in 2024, we'll also have transcripts on my website, but for now, you can go to rss.com and get the transcripts, which is also good for my hearing people, which is how the whole idea originated, was from someone who was a hearing person for their own personal use to have the printed transcript. If you happen to be listening to this podcast and you are suicidal or you've been harming yourself or thinking about harming yourself or life is too hard for you, I am asking you, and I'm, I'm not afraid to beg you too, to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or you may call or text 988 that number again is 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. Hopefully the 988 number works. I don't know if it works in every state, but there you have it. So what does give it your best shot mean? Well, give it a shot is an idiom actually. And what that means is to try something, to try something you are unfamiliar with, to make an attempt despite uncertainties or fears to take risk regardless of the outcome. So this involves taking risks and doing new things and doing your best and hopefully minimizing regrets, remorse, and other negative attitudes or emotions. This is like, like guilt. This is an attitude in my opinion. This is a way of doing life and a way of living, which not everyone embraces. And it's okay if you do not embrace this way of living. I'm going to talk a little bit about it. And so it's a choice. If you want to, you will. And if not, you won't. So there's really three components or elements to this topic. One is doing your best work or putting out forth your best effort. The second aspect is trying new things or taking risks. And the third aspect of this is minimizing regrets, remorse, guilt, or other negative emotions. So those are the three layers or elements to this. So as I begin, I'd like you listening to this podcast to pause and be reflective or introspective for a moment. Where do you stand on this subject? Like, what are you 
what are your thoughts? Do you always give everything your best shot? Do you give up sometimes? Is life too overwhelming for you that you don't even try sometimes? We have many people, too many people, who can barely get through the day, let alone the week. So that's a different scenario. And if you're in that scenario, then you're simply struggling to survive. And that's that's very painful and difficult. All my content will help you. But at the outset of this topic, it's helpful for you to start to go, hmm, do I always give things my best shot? Do I give up easily? Do I quit? You know, wh where am I about this? No, I am not talking. So I really want to make this point clear. I am not talking about you doing life or a job or a task perfectly. I am not a fan of perfection. And when I say give it your best shot, I am not talking about doing things perfectly. I just cannot emphasize that enough. This is not about doing things perfectly. Now, for some people, they believe that they will give everything their best shot, but their best shot for them means they have to do it perfectly. And that's okay. I, I would I would like you to consider at some point ditching perfectionism because it's exhausting. And, uh, you know, like it's an impossible goal, in my opinion. But I'm not talking when I say give it your best shot or do your best work or your best effort. I'm not talking about perfection. No, no, no. You know, no, no, no. Like if you had unlimited resources, unlimited time, unlimited money for anything you're doing, you could probably do it a little differently. Most people don't have unlimited time, unlimited resources, unlimited anything. So it's doing the best you can with what you have at the time and not trying to be perfect. So you could, some people, what they do though is... They, they do their best job, but then they are hypercritical or they're self-critical. Well, it could have been better, but, you know, we didn't have any money. Like, you know, like they, 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 they criticize themselves after the job or the task or what have you for not having something that they didn't have. So that's not helpful. And I'm, I am asking that's not, that you stop doing that because that's really, that's really unfair. It's unfair to say, well, it could have been better, but we didn't have the $100,000 in donors and donations that we had last year. Yeah, well, then why would you compare your, your, your task or your outcome to something that you didn't have? I mean, like, I understand why people do this, but it's not reasonable and it's not logical and it's certainly not fair. So I'm not talking about you being perfect or even close to perfect when I say give it your best shot. So is it your best shot? Is it your best effort? Well, here's the thing. I don't know because I'm not you. And actually, you know, other people may look at you and judge and condemn you and say it wasn't your best shot. But if they're not you, how could they possibly know whether it was your best shot or not? Because they don't have your life. They don't have your personality. They don't have your temperament. They don't have your circumstances. They don't have your situation. So is it your best shot? I don't know. Like back in the day, I talked about, I've talked about this in some podcasts, you know, I ran away back in the day, back in the dark ages, I ran away from love, even though it was like a really great man, like an amazing man, great relationship. I got really uh, scared beyond scared, like really scared. And I, and I ran away. Now I, I wasn't, I'm not proud of that. That's not something to be proud of. 
the power is in being able to admit it and cop to it and, and own it because it gives me power not to do it again. But I did the best I could with who I was at the time. And I'm not looking back or in, even in back in the time, like judging myself like, oh, you're such a loser. He was like the greatest guy in the world. And he was the greatest guy. He was a very good guy. Uh, but I was young. I was really young. And I only really realized I ran away from love earlier this year, so you could say. So, you know, you could take the case I was foolish or stupid, but I, I didn't know any better. I didn't, I couldn't get myself sorted out. So, you know, I like to be kind to myself, even when people are not kind to me. Yeah, I still have people who are not kind to me. So I was young, fear overtook me. I was blind that the fear was running the show. How can I blame myself for that stuff? I don't know. But this is something that many people do do, though. They make a mistake or they get something wrong or they get afraid or they whatever. And then they become paralyzed and they begin beating themselves up viciously, like like really, really nasty. And the, the bottom line is no one can know whether it was your best job except you. When I was homeschooling my kids, not by choice, but when I was homeschooling my children, sometimes uh, when I would take a, a paper uh, like a written paper on a subject or it could have been a homework assignment and I would say to one of the kids like I would look at it before this is before I started correcting it this is before I had assessed it I would just take the assignment I would look at them and say is this your best work like before I began and sometimes once in a while I don't think this was very often but once in a blue moon they would look at me look at the assignment quietly take it back and say, I'll be back. And they would go do some more work on it because it wasn't their best work. But how could I have known that? I basically have believed most of my life that people are doing the best job that they can. That's what I believe. That's a personal belief. It's not a fact. I, I don't know it's a fact, but it's my belief system. And I find that empowering. <laughs> I find that empowering because it, it gives people a little pass and it's, it's compassionate. But you know, I don't believe that most people are doing a bad job. I don't, I just don't believe that. I mean, so we have people who are doing terrible jobs. We have parents who have done awful things to their children. And, and sometimes it's because of addictions. And then they're gloating like, look, I'm sober. But did you go back and did you, did you get therapy for your kids? Did you make that right? Well, no, but they're gloating that they're sober. Well, I'm happy you're sober. I'm extremely happy you're sober. I know people can get sober, but you know, you haven't done, you haven't done your best job because you have to go back and do the cleanup work. So how could you possibly know if somebody else is, is done their best shot? Do you hear what I'm saying? Like you're not them, but we live in a world rife with judgment, condemnation, criticism, you know, full of people who are arrogant, righteous, know-it-all, and they think they know, and they're going to tell you, you didn't do a good job. That wasn't your best work. Well, I'm telling you that I have a different point of view and opinion, and this is my personal opinion and belief. So if it wasn't your best shot, though, or it wasn't your best effort, you as a human being can get power and freedom in owning that. Like, you really could. Like, for example, my kids know... Uh, you know, I was homeschooling three children over a period of 15 years while I was it being abused. So was that my best effort as a homeschooling person? No, 
You can't give your best personal best if you're being abused. You can give your best attempt and best effort that that's possible while you're being abused, but your best effort and best attempt will be different if you're not being abused. So if I had different circumstances, I could have done a better job. I gave it the best shot I could given the circumstances, horrible circumstances. So, you know, if people are judging and condemning you and, or telling you it's not your best effort and it was your best effort, they might have irrational thinking. They might just be arrogant. They might just be a know-it-all. They might be a lot of things. But for you, what's helpful is for you to get clear for yourself how you're doing life, if it was your best effort, and and be able to move on powerfully in the face of judgment or condemnation. Now, moving on, taking risks and trying new things. Well, <laughs> this is a part of the topic, and guess what? We as human beings like to stay in our comfort zone. We like to avoid taking risks or doing new things. It's just very common because nobody likes to fail. Nobody likes to look bad or look foolish or make a mistake. I'm human. I don't like to look bad. I don't like to make mistakes. I, I did a podcast about procrastination and avoiding. And I avoided starting podcasting for, oh, it was four to six months. It was probably more like six months. I don't, I don't have the data for that because, well, it doesn't matter why I don't have the data. I, well, I switched to hosting platforms, so I lost the original dates of my podcast. But anyway, so nobody likes to fail and taking a risk or trying something new has a level of risk to it. Let's face it. Like, you know, and depending on your temperament, depending on your personality, some people are way more risk adverse than others. So that's on a continuum. Some people are extremely risk adverse and some people are marginally risk adverse. And then there's everything in between. Same goes for fear of failure. So there's the fear of failure. There's a fear of rejection. There's other fears that stop us from trying something new or taking a risk. And what's helpful to know is that these are the things that stop you. Because sometimes if you take a risk, you might have an epic fail. Like you might get married and have an epic fail and have all your money stolen and really bad things happen. That would be an epic fail, epic fail. And sometimes even when you do your due diligence on a risk for something new and everybody recommends the person, you know, they might be wrong because they might have been, you know, conned as well. So even when you do a ton of due diligence and you ask the right questions and you you know what's at stake and you really do your homework, sometimes it's still a failure. And that's un that's unfortunate, I know. But the question is, what is at stake? So that's the question in my mind and in my opinion about taking a risk or trying new things. What could you win? What can you gain if the, if the risk or trying something new is successful? And what could you lose if it's, if it's a failure? Well, it depends. I mean, sometimes you have a lot to lose uh, and sometimes not so much, but it's helpful to sort it out. Like you might have a risk of, well, if I get into a relationship and I get married and it doesn't work, I'll lose money. Oh yeah, probably. But uh, the, 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 what's possible is you could have a lifelong best friend partner for life and that would be amazing. So you have to weigh it out for yourself. There's no easy answer for the risk assessment and sorting it out. 
What I will recommend to help you though is on my website below the Newsweek logo, I have a free emotional workbook. It's free and it is extensive and it is going through its next revision. I'll be adding, <laughs> I'll be I'll be dressing it up, people. Yes, I know it needs to be dressed up. And I could be embarrassed that the form it's in, but I'm really not. Uh, it's, it is what it is. So get your emotions sorted out because it is your emotions that will stop you from taking a risk or stop you from trying something new, most likely, almost without question, unless the risk is too high or maybe unreasonable. You might have to do a pro-con list, but if you deal with your emotions, that will bring you a lot of clarity. Now, if you happen to be a negative thinker, you very well may talk yourself out of taking a risk or taking a chance or trying something new. It's common that people who are negative thinkers typically also either overthink or they catastrophize or they brood or they ruminate and then if they do any of those then they get kind of they can get caught up in what I call the swirling vortex or a runaway train like they just keep going over and over it's not going to work oh it's I might fail oh look at all these terrible things that would happen and they lose out on a once in a lifetime chance and that and that does happen sadly so if you're a negative thinker or you tend to brood ruminate, catastrophize, overthink, it would behoove you to really sort out your emotions and get clear about the risk, the pros and the cons so you can make a choice that really is for your benefit instead of a choice out of the ruminating or the brooding or the overthinking or catastrophizing because this is this is like sometimes literally some jobs are once in a lifetime job, some opportunities are once in a lifetime opportunity and some people are a once in a lifetime people person so you don't want to you don't want to lose that because of your thinking so the next piece of this has to do with what people say to me and have said to me ever since I was you know in high school which is but comma it's too late so in these conversations because apparently I know I was talking to classmates about being defeatist, having a defeatist attitude in seventh and eighth grade. I know like if I didn't have that written by them in my yearbook, two yearbooks, actually, I would never have thought that or said that or even agreed to that. But it's in writing by, you know, so and so. So so I have been talking to people for my entire life, for as long as we can tell about attitudes and empowerment and all good things. And this phrase, but it's too late, is extremely common. I have to tell you, it is so common. Now, it comes in many other versions, but comma, it's too late, dot, 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 is one form. Let me give you a whole bunch of other forms that people use kind of pointing to the same thing. Uh, too much time has passed since, dot, dot, dot. They don't care about me or they don't care about X. They didn't reach out to me either. They don't miss me anyway. They won't forgive me. They are happy I am not in their life. They have other friends. Why bother? I'll look foolish if I go back now. I'll look foolish if I say anything after all this time. I messed up too badly. They already have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever. It's too late now. So those are all different versions. And you notice the one where I said, um, why bother? That's really resignation. 
So part of this, you get the idea of what I'm talking about. You might not use the phrase, but it's too late, but you may have any number of those other versions. And there's even more. I, I listed, I think 11, but there's many other versions to this where you get the idea. It's a particular way of thinking, again, more prone to a negative thinker who broods, overthinks, ruminates, catastrophizes, um, and, and engages in that kind of thinking. But but this notion, it's too late, or but it's too late, has widespread applications. It happens at work. It happens in organizations and associations and in families, in marriages, in intimate relationships, and in friendships. In other words, this happens everywhere. And sometimes at work, the, the boss or whoever, the team leader will say, well, it's too late for us to go back and change this now. And, and it may be true, but it is frequently not true. It's frequently not true. So this is something to get into underneath because here's what's lurking. So there's something lurking in this phrase. Well, one of the, the things that's lurking is the, the belief or uh, some assumptions that you may or may not know is true. So at work, if the team leader or the manager says, well, it's too late for us to go back and change the program now or change the... The, the launch or change, whatever, uh, that may or may not be factual. It may be an assumption on their part because frequently it's not true. So have you done your due diligence on the fact finding and the fact checking to know whether it's true? If we go back to one of the, some of the other examples, they are happy I'm out of their life. How do you know that? What's your facts? Give me your facts. Give me your evidence. I did a podcast about what is your evidence? Because for many of the statements I listed, People don't have any evidence. It's all assumptions. It's all, you know, projection. Um, I'm going to talk about an example I gave in a previous podcast a long time ago where a neighbor of mine came to see me and it was not a neighbor that hung out with the rest of us neighbors. So I really didn't know her well. But the bottom line was uh, we had coffee. I really can't tell you why she came to my door because she never did and we weren't friends. But we had this very intimate conversation about her marriage and divorce. And as a takeaway, um, she was saying that it was too late to get back with her ex-husband because he had a new girlfriend that he had had for some time. And, and except that it wasn't too late. Like they ended up getting back together and getting remarried and having more kids. Well, you know, I, I remember this because... Part of the conversation had to do with um, her. She thought differently than I think. I think very differently than many people as I'm learning. But part of the aspect with her was she would have to, to cop to the fact that she made a mistake. So she had been unwilling and unable to forgive her ex-husband at the time. And they had gotten, so as a result, they'd gotten divorced and he had had this girlfriend for who knows how long. Uh, and she was, she'd been single for quite some time, but she still loved him and she still loved him. Number one. And she was regretful. She was filled with regret that she couldn't forgive him at the time. And so we had this very personal, intimate conversation where I said, well, you know, for cl it's clear you still love him, whether you want to admit to that or not. And it's clear you, you made a mistake. Like, it's not unreasonable. You weren't able to forgive him at the time. But what do you have to lose? Well, her, 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 
her thought was, well, she would look foolish. Well, sometimes you're going to look foolish, people, but so what? So this is the whole idea that part of some of this, it's too late, can be a justification or an excuse for not taking action. And that's all well and good. That's all fine. You are welcome to make excuses. You are welcome to justify your behavior. That's totally up to you. My, my suggestion is telling the truth, getting in and telling the truth is much more powerful for you. It gives you more power because you've gotten to the truth. Like the truth is I've run away from love. I, I wish I had known that at the time and, you know, I didn't, so it's a, it's a, you know, not something that will be ever corrected. Although if I ever saw, if I ever saw one particular person, I, I, I would apologize and explain because like they never got an explanation. Um, so you, you may be using the phrase, why bother? Or they'll never forgive me or, but it's too late or some other version as a justification or an excuse for not taking action. If that's the case, own it. Because here's the bottom line, you will never know what could have happened if you don't take the action. And I have to tell you, as I have taken a lot of risks in life, well, I mean, a reasonable number of risks, and there are, are more, there's more than one organization that exists today, currently, that would not exist at all, most likely, very likely, if I didn't take a risk. So, and it, and it worked out amazingly, but did I know how it was going to work out when I took the risk? Well, no. And, and so, some of them were very involved. So you're not going to know what could happen if you don't, if you don't take a risk and if you don't like really get, get, get truthful with yourself. So that's what I have to say about that. You may be making an excuse or justification that's fine, but just, you know, own it. And, and if you made a mistake, so what? Own it. Move on. All right. So the last, next to last piece of this is regrets, remorse, and guilt. This is a biggie because when you don't give it your best shot or when you've made a mistake or when something happens, it's common to have regrets, remorse, guilt, etc. I mean, I, I still do have a little bit of guilt about running away from love only because I hurt a very, very nice man. Like I'm not the kind of person who likes to hurt people and it wasn't on purpose. And I mean, I was so young, uh, but you know, that, that does, that pains my heart and I do have remorse about that, but there's nothing I can do. Um, so even though regrets, remorse, and guilt are different, they're different emotions. I'm putting them all together because they are some of the difficult emotions that come with not giving it your best shot or not taking an action or making a mistake or making the wrong choice or decision or something, and then not taking care of it. So when someone passes away frequently, frequently, often, the remaining family, friends, or loved ones think regretfully of the things that they didn't do or didn't say. They may have remorse and regret about the times they didn't spend, the, the sadness, or they may even have resentment. And they may even resent the people who did do the things they didn't do. But these are emotions that if you get on board with learning emotional skills and abilities, you can deal with. 
They are not going to magically fade away. Your emotions don't just disappear. You may be able to successfully distract yourself. You may be able to shove them down below the surface by just saying it doesn't matter. But if it does matter, it's, that's not going to be true for you. And it's not, it's not going to, it will come back up eventually. We know that from the research, any emotions that you don't deal with will lay in wait for you in your subconscious and unconscious mind. So, you know, what we know from uh, end of life research is that the thing that is on people's minds when they're close to passing away is their regrets in life, is the things that they didn't do, the things that they didn't say, the, the risks they wish they would have taken, and etc. So that's just a very, very good additional reason to give it your best shot. Now, um, if you have regret, remorse, guilt, whatnot, you know, and, and you're going to say, well, you know, it's too late. I, I missed 10 years with my child. I haven't spoken to my former best friend in five years or, you know, whatever, some, 10 years. Um, you don't know what would happen if you reached out to them. Well, if it's your child, you better get that sorted out. Um, now, if you're the child and you haven't talked to your parent because you're upset with them, it might behoove you to get in touch with them and it might not. It depends. Like, you know, like I don't know the situation, so I can't give a carte blanche. But for the most part, you won't regret making an attempt because what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is that best friend you had 10 years ago or, you know, eight or five or whatever years ago uh, rejects you. Or they, you know, out of hand, you know, completely reject you. Or they might, they could even be me. Like, that's the worst case. But you could deal with that. Like, you can deal with rejection people. You might just have to toughen up. And you might have to not take it personally. You might have to grow some skills. But you can deal with it. But the other side of the coin is they might say, oh, I think about you all the time. I am so glad you reached out to me. I would love to sit down and have coffee. This is like so great. Thank you so much. Like, wouldn't that be amazing? Well, it would be amazing, but how would you know? Because some of you are just so busy writing a negative ending to your life or to the story or to the situation, you don't have room for the possibility of some really great things happening. So deal with any regrets, remorse, guilt, resentment and and negative emotions because they have staying power they really do now i have just a few final thoughts um so number one some of you could experience or be experiencing regret or remorse even though you did the best job that you could with who you were at the time under the circumstances this goes back to what I was saying earlier, it's unfair to judge yourself in the present time for who you were a year ago or five or 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. It's unfair. Like if you did the best job you could, then it's time for you to be kind to yourself. I mean, it's just not fair to continue that type of beating yourself up. I mean, I do know people who have deep regret, deep remorse, deep guilt, and even resentment that they did not spend enough time with their parent or parents before their parent or parents passed. That's actually, you know, somewhat common. And it is what it is. But if you were doing the best you could to manage your life and you could just barely get through the day, 
it seems very wickedly unfair to then beat yourself up for not doing one more thing. Like we have too many people in the world who are overscheduled and barely surviving and then they don't see their parents or they don't, you know, or they lose friends or what have you. And then, then they're just way, way too hard on themselves, in my opinion. So I, I really don't, not a fan of going back and beating yourself up for a historical event when you gave it the best that you could. Now, the next piece is, you know, the whole aspect of taking a risk or trying something new. Now, this is also where regret, remorse, even anger can come up when people didn't take the chance or they didn't try something new, you know, and it's understandable. These emotions are reasonable. There's nothing wrong with having those emotions. I mean, you could be angry that you didn't uh, learn a hobby when it was offered to you. You could be angry about anything. You could be remorseful or sad or whatever. It's, it's helpful for you to deal with those feelings and come around and then decide, well, is it too late? Well, it's probably not too late. See, going back to, is it too late? Probably not. You might have in your mind, it's too late. I mean, I have so many examples. I, tried, oh, I, I did not include in this podcast where anybody else would have said, oh yeah, it's too late. And I'm like, well, hey, might as well give it a shot. What the heck? What the heck? Right? What can you win and what can you lose? Make a list and be honest. Get coaching if you need to. Because what I do not want for you is to spend your life in the future, looking back over your shoulder, wishing you had taken a chance and wondering how your life would have gone. Because I cannot believe that that would be pleasant. I do not believe that would be healthy. And I do not believe it would be beneficial to you in any way. So what if you fail? Like, so what? Stop being dramatic and lunge forward. Go make your goal be the having an epic failure, having an epic failure. I know, why not? Uh, and in most cases, you're not going to regret doing your best work and giving it your best shot. And, and as for trying new things, sort it out, get logical facts on the, on paper and deal with your emotions. So I hope moving forward in life, you are going to give it your best shot. Go try the new things, go do the new things and don't be making excuses like, well, it's too late. I hope that's been helpful. I love you. That's all for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast. Episode number 162 give it your best shot. Well, I certainly hope you are going to go out and playful out in life. Give it your best shot. Don't make up any excuses. Just go for it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. Of course, I would appreciate it if you would share my podcast, this podcast and all of my podcasts on social media with your friends and family, because together we can make a difference and change the world. I hope you're hanging in there. I hope you're doing well. I love you. That's it for now.